Welcome to the Weirdly Wired Women podcast, a show to help women who've never felt they fit in at any job, discover how to make their own rules, create their own schedules, and cultivate livelihoods rooted in their lives, all in the ways that work for them. I'm Kristen, and for over 20 years, I played by the job rules, even the ones I thought were stupid, and it was exhausting. Whether it was because I was the only woman in the room, or the only person with young children, or the only person whose brain worked differently, the rules didn't let me be myself. But I felt stuck, because all jobs were kind of the same story. And I thought starting a business was for disruptors, or MBAs, or extroverted salespeople. And it turns out, I was completely wrong about that. My services aren't particularly disruptive. I don't know much about accounting or bookkeeping, nor do I follow any business guru rules about how to run my business if I think the rules are dumb. And I'd really rather be at home in my pajamas with chocolate chip cookies than schmoozing at a networking event. I figured out what I'm good at, what I like to do, who values it, and built my business from there. Along the way, I realized that one of those things I'm good at is helping women figure out those very things for themselves, and I love doing it. So I'm sharing what I've learned and what I'm still discovering here in solo episodes, guest episodes, and random rants. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, I'm Kristen, and welcome back to the Weirdly Wired Women podcast. This week, I have guests with me, so you won't be just listening to me talk. And my guest is Carly Stone. She is an entrepreneur, uh, has ADHD, and is, among other things, uh, that she can share or not, and um, also is a, um, did I say you're a VA? I started losing track as I was talking, but that's just par for the course. So anyway, I'm going to let Carly introduce herself, and what we're going to be talking about today um, is how to know when it's the right time to bring on help in your small business and then how exactly to do that um you know how to delegate how to make sure your expectations are clear and that you're getting what you want so that it works for both parties um anyway go ahead carly hi thank you um yeah so my name is carly stone i am a a virtual assistant currently um i'm like doing freelance work um and uh, just ended up on the ADHD entrepreneurial track as one does when they hate all of their jobs and are sick and tired of being sick and tired. So um, yeah, a little bit about me. I am uh, a mom. I am someone's mother. So that is really fun uh, and a big part of my life. I um, am a digital creator. So I create uh, mainly on Instagram. Uh, and sometimes TikTok uh, about ADHD and mental health awareness. Um, I'm an advocate of sorts, you could say. Um, I think that's my ADHD justice sensitivity, really just like vibrating through 2023. Um, And so uh, I'm also a member of the LGBTQ community. And so I advocate pretty heavily for that um, and just kind of normalizing uh, normal things. And you know, uh, just kind of breaking the stigma on mental health. And uh, I am a late diagnosis ADHD year. So I have been, it's been about three years since I've figured out uh, I had ADHD. I think it was around the time uh, the pandemic hit. Uh, I think a little before that I was starting to kind of get an inkling about my mental health. Um, and that it wasn't going so hot for me. Um, I had always known I had anxiety. It was just kind of like a self-proclaimed anxiety. Uh, my mom had really big anxiety attacks and panic attacks as a kid. And so I think just instinctually, I literally grew up, started saying like, I'm having a panic attack whenever I was overwhelmed. Uh, and so, it was pretty frequent and I was high performing in my career at Starbucks. And so from there, I ended up realizing it was ADHD, probably on TikTok, like the rest of the world. And then uh, my therapist at the time was like, yeah, let's figure this out. I have ADHD. Let's talk about it. And so I got a psychiatrist. It was kind of a long winding road to the doctor I have now. Um, But yeah, getting my ADHD diagnosis and then getting treatment for it really kind of just set off an entire change in my life. And so I started documenting it and creating and sharing about it. Um, I've always kind of told people about my life story. It's always been kind of, a, you know, a very We're dramatic We're oversharers by nature. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you know people love to get out the popcorn I've got tea to spill so they want to hear it and I mm -hmm. tend to make my story funny because I am a trauma survivor so that is what we do um but yeah so overall just I I ended up you know being a creator uh you know a few years past and I was like oh I guess that's me I guess I am that uh and so it's kind of strange to think about especially with imposter syndrome always looming and you know the internet just kind of being a void of people and you're like are you are you guys really here like is this really real um mm -hmm. But eventually one day you start making friends and people start following you and, and liking and commenting. And it's kind of crazy how it happened. So, um, yeah, I am that, uh, which is weird and uh, very small. I do not have like tons of followers or anything. But what's been great is that my work has just kind of happened uh, effortlessly almost because of what has, you know, come of me becoming a creator so I started working for a creator and then I started meeting more creators and then I understood more about what it was like to be a creator and so for me uh, as a virtual assistant I'm able to help creators with uh, the entrepreneurial side of things I'm able to help entrepreneurs with the creator side of things um, and I even help you know some uh, people with like local businesses with their content creation, with their social media strategy. Um, and even I am now doing like some business consulting and, and things like that. And so, yeah, I'm definitely a multi-passionate individual and I make sure to not get too bored, uh, yes. in my day job. So yes. that is me for the most part. <laughs> and your day job doesn't have to be during the day. It can be whenever. Yes, it does not. Um, so um, so many questions popped into my head while you were talking and now I just have to <laughs> remember some of them. Um, so your background though, before you started doing this, it mm -hmm. was, um, was corporate. Like so many of us, you were following the rules and doing yep. the things that you're supposed Very to nice. do and, and you were doing fine at them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you weren't, um, yep. Yep. and not through any reason of your own, just, you know, because because job security is not really job security. Right. Um, but that because you were you said you worked at Starbucks um, as a, in what level of you were like a manager or a. Yeah. Yes. I was store manager um, and store manager trainer was my uh, last uh, role in the company. But I worked my way up from barista. So I started as barista and then I was shift supervisor um, and then assistant manager, store manager and then store manager trainer. Um and when you're a store manager trainer, you, uh, that's kind of like a, a big, like a peer, um, mentorship role as well. So that's kind of when you are kind of in a growth role. So I spent a lot of time in that role, which is less, much less about managing my own store and about helping my entire district. Um, so yeah, it was, I was going towards the district manager role, uh, when I left Starbucks. So I was in a developmental shift is what they call it. And basically it's when you're working towards the next role. And so uh, for probably two years, I was sprinting towards district manager with everything I had. Uh, and so uh, there's like store manager and I had a high volume store. So um, I ran one of the highest volume stores uh, in South Phoenix, uh, which is uh, I think it was a $70,000 store a week when I left, which is very high volume for a Starbucks. Our average ticket is about five, $6. Um, and so that's a lot of people mm -hmm. <laughs> basically. So a lot of, uh, high volume stores and then a lot of like, um, training, uh, development, career development for my partners, a lot of community, uh, outreach, uh, was expected of us. And so I got really involved in that because I care a lot about just all of Arizona. I know a lot of people I've been involved in my community for a long time. And so it was easy for me to be like, yes, let me give you free Starbucks. I love to, you know, give, uh, anything that I can to the cause. And so let me do that for you. And so, yeah, I did a lot of, uh, training, um, which was uh, external training was a really good learning experience for me to learn about the other industries people are coming from into the Starbucks world and like who was 
basically hired in and who was seen as valuable to our company. Um, and so that was super interesting for me to get to also uh, work with like adult learners. Um, training adult learners uh, was a huge shift for me that I think has really helped me uh, in my life and my career that I did not ever think I <laughs> would uh, benefit from. Um, and also de-escalation training. I did a lot of like um, training our entire district on de-escalation or training our entire district on, uh, you know, this new staffing program or this new safety protocol and things like that, especially throughout COVID and things like that. Um, a lot of like cleanliness um, because a lot of my systems as an ADHD -er ended up you know gaining traction and people were like oh I really love this um, because one of the biggest things that I would leave for myself were visual cues uh, that something needed to be done and so uh, a lot of the things that I implemented at Starbucks got picked up and so then I would have to like talk to them about what it was or how I was doing it and so that they could you know, roll it out, um, on a higher scale. So yeah, it was a crazy time. It was a big role for me. And it sounds sometimes like I, I ran a coffee shop, but there was a uh, way, way too many random, crazy, cool, extraneous opportunities. And so mm -hmm. I really left that place with like the craziest skill set ever. <laughs> but that's so, uh, helpful for what we're going to talk about today, right. which is, um, so you did a lot of management training. You had to work with um, both, you had to manage down and manage up as well. Yep. And I think that's something that we um, are often missing. I mean, you see that in the corporate world all the time. Someone gets promoted to manager because um, because they've been there long enough, but they don't ever get the real, the actual training and they're terrible managers, not because they're right. terrible people, but because they don't have the skills and nobody's bothered to teach them because they just think they, they, they come. Right. Um, and then um, working with small businesses, which is really who you work with right now, mm -hmm. mostly, yes. is yeah. um, you're working with people who... Um, who are needing to branch out and, and needing help, but probably have not been trained necessarily in how to delegate, certainly not being able to delegate in that kind of, you're not an employee, you're a partner, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're both businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just the general struggles, I think um, small business owners have delegating their, cause it's like, here's part of my baby. Um, yeah. And so how to communicate and, and all of those things. And then the other thing that I was thinking about is just um, women and people with ADHD or any kind of, you know, marginalized group has been so, um, you know, if they've survived any length of time in the corporate world has gotten so like perfectionist about it because they absolutely had to have everything perfect because if not, it, it wasn't just a judgment on them. It was a judgment on their whole um, identity or uh, race or like it was yes. like you're 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 representing everybody in the world who is remotely like you, but is different from everybody else in the company. And so there's that perfectionist tendency, I think, um, yeah. which makes it even harder to let go. So um, so what I really want to talk about, because that is something that you have to learn as an entrepreneur is when to let go and how to do that effectively. Um and, and that's not an innate skill. So I kind of want you to talk a little bit about that and what you've seen with your clients, um, what works, what doesn't work, tips, any of those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what's been nice, um, <clears throat> I think, and really quick, I, I do want to add this because I think this does uh, make a difference. But um, after I left Starbucks, the the next year, uh, I ended up working for a local coffee shop, a uh, coffee and flower shop. And so I got to really understand like what it is to own your own small business instead of like the corporate side and like, you know, all the jargon and the let me look at your profit and loss statement and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and your cogs, whatever, yeah. literally, but, uh, I was able to see like, okay, like we literally own the building. We have to clean the building. We have to, you know, maintain everything. We have to do all this stuff. Like what all goes into it when you are the only person running the business. Right. And so that was a huge shift for me from corporate to small business. And I was really able to see running that business for a year, like, okay, what does everything look like when you're doing it on your own? Um, and so when I stepped away, um, 
I, you know, I started, you know, meeting people who were kind of running small businesses and not necessarily, you know, a restaurant per se, but I think, you know, more of what you're talking about, uh, which is like these service-based businesses. And so as I started to see like, okay, I want to do this. And so I'm going to learn about it as I also like gain this experience. And then I'll be able to also like share it with my clients as I go. Um, and so for me, that's been really good to have that local business experience and that small business experience after my corporate experience to really like kind of tie this like holistic approach together, because I think I've benefited from seeing, uh, you know, the reality of a small business and not just having like endless money. Right. Right. Um, but also like what corporate does bring to the table and what that skill set brought me that I can bring to the, the knowledge of small business owners. Um, but yeah, so with my clients, um, you know, I, I have, you know, different clients and, uh, I've kind of ebbed and flowed. Um, I already have some people and I've only been doing this. How long has it been? Oh my gosh. It's been since March, I think technically. Mm -hmm. So whatever month it is. Yes. It's September. Okay. So six so months. Is, <laughs> yeah. Like six months, which is nuts to say, but what a milestone. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I've been doing this for about six months. Um, and, uh, I already, you know, I have some clients that I already don't work with, which I think, uh, was really great learning experience for me, um, in a lot of ways, um, who I not necessarily like don't want to work with, but I mean, just like literally learning my preferences, learning my capacity, learning all sorts of things. Um, but I would say with my clients, it's really been, you know, whether they're a creator and they are starting a business and they don't really know how to, but they've got like a following um, or whether it's a, uh, you know, like a business owner who has no idea what's going on on social media or how to just like, boom, I'm here, uh, just pop in and, mm -hmm. you know, be like, oh yeah, I can totally do this. It's so easy. I can just grow a following willy nilly. I think um, I'm able to kind of come alongside them and meet them where they're at. Uh, and so I think the other thing too, is like, I, I do sort of end up coaching my clients in a way, which is like, and not in a way where it's like, let me coach you and tell you what to do. But it's like, I'm, I'm genuinely not running your business. So I can't, you know, put this in action, but this is kind of what I'm seeing. And this is where I think, you know, you have a growth opportunity. And so for me, I kind of, you know, I, I definitely uh, think my clients, um, and some of them, I will say disclaimer, have ADHD. So some of them just genuinely have tasks they don't want to do, uh, and tasks that, uh, you know, they spend more time grueling over these tasks than they should have to. And so they've decided, okay, I'm going to have somebody else, you know, do this work for me because I'm genuinely going to save time and money. Uh, mm -hmm. by doing this. Um, and obviously not everybody has that privilege. Not everybody has, you know, the means to do that. And so I think the other piece is uh, when you're growing a business and you are finding yourself in a stretch place or a place of overwhelm that is long lasting. Um, and these are like, you know, weeks on, you know, weeks where you're um, really feeling like you you are juggling too many things and your, you know, your personal life obviously is you always going to be something that you're balancing with work. But I think, especially when we're talking about these, you know, service-based businesses or these businesses where we have left the workforce to not work like that anymore, it's really important to see like, okay, what are the signs that I need help and what exactly do I need help with or what can someone help me with um, that I actually have like the budget to get help with. And so I think, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of little signs that you'll kind of see along the way. And I think so many of us, you know, if we don't have the means, we end up, you know, pushing ourselves to our limit. But there is a piece where you get to a place where you're you know, you only have so much time in a day and you can't figure out how to, you know, uh, navigate the Instagram world while you're also just trying to 
um, you know, pick up your kids after school and make dinner and be a part of your family, just like you have the right to like that stuff takes time. Um, I remember I get so many text messages from like my friends. I think they tell me cause I'm a creator, like, oh my God, this reel is killing me. I have been trying to upload it for like four hours. And it's like, it's funny because it's not funny, but it mm-hmm. is funny because like they feel my pain. They think like, oh, Carly's just like boop, boop, booping on the internet. Or like, she's just like sitting on her right. phone all day. It's like, no, this stuff takes effort and it takes time. And uh, it also takes guts because the vulnerability piece of like, you know, what effective content is, is like, you got to put your face out there. You have to put your words out there, your opinions, like who you are. And that matters to people right now. So it's a lot of things that you have to do um, and answer to, you know what I mean? And there, everyone kind of wonders like, oh, I wonder if there's like a day where people are going to like, you know, expect me to answer to something. And so, um, or, you know, something goes viral or whatever, like, well, the attention. And so I think, uh, realizing what all goes into this is huge for a lot of people. And it can be, especially for ADHDers, it can be a huge, like just dream killer. Um, and it can stop them from wanting to pursue it. And so I think that's another one too, that we really need to watch out for is like, um, am I pushing so hard to do all this by myself or feeling like I should be able to do this all on my own? Um, and I can't, and I'm getting to the point where I don't want to do this anymore. And now I am, you know, killing my dream. Right. Right. And so I think, yeah, I think those are kind of those three places that you usually find yourself where you're like, okay, I either just don't want to do this or I can't manage it anymore. Or like, I'm, I'm literally not interested in doing this because it's taking the passion out of it. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of signs and a lot of symptoms in a business when it's struggling. uh, And a lot of people can see that, but I think the biggest one to really focus on is like when you have that growth opportunity. Um, uh, One of my clients, for example, uh, has, you know, kind of like a a make or break moment right now where they've, you know, they've invested in their business and they've done a lot of the groundwork and it it is good groundwork that they did, like really good. Um, And so they're at a, a, like a hard point right now where it's like, okay, it is not just like, let's get the stuff. Let's do the things. It is like go time. It is like serious business time. And so, um, I think for a lot of my clients in a growth opportunity, this is where you can go like, okay, how do I sort of delegate, but also find somebody who can co-create with me. And I think that is a huge a huge piece where it's like, I could do, you know, inbox management. If that was something that my clients really wanted, I see that all the time. Like, let me manage your inbox and make your calendar and whatever, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, But in reality, it's like, do you want someone who's going to sit here and like make you uh, or like make something with you who can also, you know, bring something to the table and, you know, because they have that experience, they have, you know, that relevance in your field as well. And I think, and that's one thing that I actually love about our work together is that I, sometimes I'm like, oh, am I like telling Kristen to do these things? But it's like, no, it's, it's my intuition. You know what I mean? And I think Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's funny because so often, like, with some of my other clients, like I wouldn't just so easily be like, Hey, you should do this. Um, and I mean, most of them I would, but some of them I wouldn't because it wouldn't be, you know, appropriate or professional or whatever. But I think with you, it's like, no, I am literally, (laughs) I sometimes like have to remind myself, like I am your, I'm your, what is it called? Like your dream client or whatever. I don't remember the words, you know, the, yeah. So I guess we should, we should say, cause we didn't say this at the beginning that you are my VA, um, but (laughs) you call yourself your VA, but you handle all um, you kind of specialize in like social media and, um, and content creation. Um, yeah, but, uh, so something that you said, I was thinking about, and that's, that's one of the the things is you need to know whether like, is the help that you need strictly admin to get things off your plate? 
Mm -hmm. Um, or is it that you need that kind of, um, expertise? And this is, this gets into that, um, what I was mentioning earlier that, um, when you outsource work as a small business owner, you are bringing on a partner in a sense, you're partnering on this particular project or piece of your business. Now, not everything is like that. Like if you're, if you're working with a bookkeeper and all that person is doing is managing your books, that's a little bit different of a relationship. But if you're working with someone, um, if you bring someone on to help you with your finances and, and money management, you're, you're seeking that expertise. It's not that you just want a a worker bee, like you want that expertise, you want that coaching. Um, that's valuable. I mean, that, that, that's why we go outside of what our skill set is so that we can say, okay, uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. And, um, and you offer your advice and that doesn't mean that I have to take it, but it gives me, um, it gives me ideas because sometimes um, if you don't know about something, you don't even know what questions to ask because you don't even know it's a question or it's a thing. So, nice. um, so yeah, I think that um, that is one thing that's very different about small business owners working together is it's because it isn't this, uh, you work for me. I mean, I guess some people might act like that, but I wouldn't work with them. I mean, <laughs> you're really like, we're forming a relationship and we want to both benefit from us from it because exactly we've left that corporate dynamic. We don't want that. So we want right. something different and we want that relationship and we want to both succeed. And um, so I, yeah, but I think what you said is right. Cause you might not be at that point. You might just need someone to manage your calendar and in your inbox. And that might right. be all you have your budget for. But, um, but that's another thing. Like if you're, People get so hesitant and scared to talk about money, and um, and it's perfectly legitimate for someone to be like, "Look, I'm struggling," and to go and like have an informational call with someone. Most right. most service providers will have a, a call with you and um, and say, "Look, this is my budget. This is what I'm struggling with." I don't even know what's the most important thing, but what what can I do to make things easier for me based on this budget? And, you know, people are, I mean, again, you might get someone who's like, oh, well, you really need to spend more money. And if you're not, right. you're gonna, you know, but you can find those people. And that's, um, that's another thing about getting in that community because then you can ask and you can say, hey, yeah. I, I'm having this problem and I, um, but I don't have a lot of budget right now, um, but I have to do something because this isn't working. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's one thing too, where, and sometimes I, uh, yeah, I talk to my clients and some of them, what I love is that they, they're choosing to still kind of like work full time. And that's like where they're like, okay, instead of me quitting my Mm full-time job, I'm going to get some help because that is actually the cheaper way to do this Right. right now. Um, which I think is smart. And also it takes a lot of the anxiety out of the game, but I think, yeah, overall, um, I think just, yeah, even, and I think what you said earlier too, about just like who you, who you pick and all those things, I think there's a lot of times too, where our business has a problem and we wait for it to get so bad that we need help so quickly that we like don't have time to be like picky about it. Um, and I think that that's something that really shoots us in the foot because then we have to like act more quickly. We have to, uh, you know, possibly pay more money for it or whatever, where it's like, okay, if, if we had done something uh, sooner, would we be in this place or would I have had time to reach out to a few people and kind of shop around for, the help or figure out what exactly it is I need. Um, Because for example, I've worked um, places before where they've hired somebody to build them a website and, and the website is so bad. Um, And there was, you know, (laughs) this one in specific where it's like, we will take, I think Squarespace, we're going to build you like a Squarespace website, which is like already a build your own Mm -hmm. website. Um, and I think they paid this person like thousands of dollars to build them a, a BYOB mm-hmm. website. And mm-hmm. 
then it had like her name all over it and it was like so hard to edit and change anything seasonally like it it was a nightmare um and then they waited so long again to do it that they ended up hiring the same girl to do their website a second time and then it was like that again and it was the same story same updates like it was I honestly was baffled and I think for me in that moment I was like this is teaching me how to advocate for myself in the small business world way more than I ever realized because one I'm trying to edit the Squarespace Mm -hmm. website all the time and it's driving me insane and two I I was like oh I will never start a business to dupe people um, or to do something um, along these lines where my work is subpar and I'm charging them thousands of dollars. Like that to me really set a tone of like, I, because immediately we were discussing it and how Mm -hmm. bad it was and it was a bad decision and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, there's always going to be you know, those moments in business, but when you don't have time to get to know someone or, you know, vet them or whatever, I think those are moments where it becomes, you know, tricky and you realize like, oh, this was actually more expensive than, you know, what I would have spent sooner. Um, But I think too, that's kind of another piece of what you're sharing. Like, yeah, if people don't know, then they don't know. And people don't talk about money. They don't know, like, you can be like, what's your budget? Like, what are we working with here? Mm -hmm. Because I think for me, like, I'm happy to do that. And so many people are like, stop giving everything away. Uh, And I'm like, listen, I will now, Mm -hmm. because I've learned my lesson. (laughs) But uh Also, like I'm willing to work with people who have, you know, specific projects and specific budgets. Um, And that for me is like, yeah, I don't need to be your full fledged virtual assistant full time to work with you. It's like I I have that flexibility and I want to support your business, especially, you know, when it's these people that I'm like, you know, I'm pretty inspired by my clients, I would say. Like, I don't really have many clients that I'm not like, wow, I would love to be as cool as them one day. Or (laughs) I would love to sit at the table with them and learn from them and grow blah, blah, blah. Right. Like I am a I'm a big fan of my clients, but I think too, it's like, um, I, I want what they're sharing to be shared with the world usually. So I think for me, it's like, it is that moment of like, okay, I know I have ADHD and I know I'm excited about this. I need to have a boundary, but also mm-hmm. I do, I really want what these people do for a living to be shared with the world. So it's, it's definitely a balance, but I think the more people know about these things and the more accessible they are and the more cool people who start businesses to help other people, I think, and that scarcity piece comes into of like, is it really, you know, that hard or is it, is there really no clients out there? What is it like? Or do you have to be a salesperson to start a business? It's like, no, but you do need to know uh, when you're growing and when you have those growth opportunities, like when to take a risk, when to, wait it out when to get a part-time job like you know what I mean all these things and so um and you'll learn those lessons along the way um but if you if you get help or you have community I think those are some of the things that keep you from getting to that point of like the dream is dead and I'm getting a job again yeah um it's uh, again so many thoughts and then they all disappear when it's my turn to talk but I'm trying not to interrupt and be the ADHD person who interrupts. Um, So one of the things though, that you were talking about with, um, with that working within budgets and, and having those conversations is um, it's usually, especially if you're like a, a single small business owner, or you have a very, very small team, the reality is you're only going to be able to serve so many clients. And so, um, and, and if your roster is full, you, you really can't even help necessarily someone else, but you can, you can provide information. And so like, if, 
if someone were to call you and be like, this is my budget and this is what I need. And you're like, well, you know, actually right now I can't even take on any clients right now, or um, for that budget, I could do this. Um, but I know this other person who is, who does more specialized what you need and is probably able to work in your budget a little more because as you, as you become a business owner, you start working with people and, and, and you realize that they're, there isn't a scarcity. And yeah. so you don't have to win this client at all costs and uh, maybe hate working with them or realize they're not a good fit, even though they'd be a perfect fit with this person. Like it's, it's just a nicer way to do business. Like I, um, in fact, there was one time I was talking with a client or, um, and well, I guess she was a prospective client mm -hmm. and she, um, she was looking for a coach and she was trying to decide between um, me and she said she was trying to decide between another coach. And I was like, well, do you mind? You don't have to tell me, but who is it? Like, if you want to tell me, because, um, because I know a lot of the coaches in this area and she told me, and I'm like, you know what? She's excellent. Like you will do well with her. So really it's, you just have to figure out who you vibe with the best because yeah. Either way, I think you'll be happy, but I mean, I'm not going to slag this woman who I respect and right. like, and there's no reason that we have to go to battle over this client because there's so right. many people out there who, who need help. And, um, and I want the people who work with me to want to work with me. And if they're like, oh, well, um, I, I really felt like I vibed, I don't know, better with this person, but Kristen was so pushy, um, <laughs> <laughs> browbeat me into being our client. Uh, like, I don't want that. That's, right. uh, yeah. So I think there's that, that like autonomy and freedom to partner with the people you want to partner with who are just as excited about the thing that you're working on together as you are is, um, yes. is like one of those perks of owning your business that, that you don't really hear much about, but it makes, it makes the hard things so much easier because even then, now your partner's partnering with someone else who is also probably a small business owner. So yeah. then you have a peer as well who could be like, oh my God, or I'm having this problem in my business. Have you ever had this problem in your business? And then you'd be like, oh yeah. And I used this tax attorney or, you know, you just build this network um, yep. yeah. of, of people who can support each other and um, who are doing what they want to do, which makes everybody happier. Right. And honestly, I think it's so funny because I am, and I think this goes back to like being a good girl and following the rules, mm -hmm. but for so long, uh, I didn't think it was like casual to dislike people. I thought that was a no-go. Um, I thought that was rude. And so at work, especially, I was just like trying to get along with everyone and also be liked by everyone. Um, and I think that's so funny when when I think about the way that we speak so openly now about just like working with whoever you want and like not working with shitty people, excuse my language, but like that's totally what we say all the <laughs> right. time. Like I, it kind of baffles me like the growth that I've seen and also just like the freedom that is like, yeah, no, you shouldn't just have to stand there while anybody uh, walks up to you demands your service from you treats you however they want and just like you just serve it with a smile like I had to kind of like for lack of a better word beat that out of me like mm -hmm. I really did because it was really <laughs> it was really crazy to me to be like oh I can just like walk around disliking as many people as I want and it's right. a free country because as a woman you're just like you're so worried about who likes you and I you know trying to get up and up and up in leadership like I had to be likable I could not be but not too likable well, right and also <laughs> listen because I and if I my stern voice is so not my customer service voice so when I'm being stirred with like an employee at Starbucks, like they're really put off by it. And especially to be like, hi, welcome to Starbucks. How can I get started for you? Like that was me every mm -hmm. day. That was who I was. And so when I'm telling them like, you cannot be late again, this is not okay. You will be separated. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? They're just like, oh my God. And like, if I'm 
any sort of activated at all and I sound like this people are like so abrasive and I'm like who me what do you mean I would never and so trying not to be likable anymore like not spending my time trying to be likable is just like one refreshing two hilarious that we spent so much time doing that like can you imagine how much more work I would have gotten done had I not spent most of my time trying to be a likable leader like I was the least effective when I was trying to be likable but as a woman in leadership I that had to be me I had to because if you weren't then you wouldn't advance Um, but then by being likable and being less effective, you still might not advance. Like you, because I don't have my results. I'm just like wasting time being likable and yeah. And I'm not coaching people to the certain extent that they need to be coached. And it's funny because when we think about clients too, and like, you know, the clients that I don't necessarily work with or the ones that I didn't end up working with because it wasn't a good fit. Um, I'm very grateful that I don't, uh, I have some people that I don't like and that I'm like allowed to not like people and that I'm okay with people not liking me. And I think it's like, no, I'm not going to go to the point where people are going, Carly's very pushy, which maybe they are, maybe they are, but <laughs> uh, it's not going to be because I sat there trying to push them towards my services over someone else's. Right? right. And I think that's the thing too, is like, there's a lot of things that kill the workplace and, you know, women are the perpetrators as well. Like, you know, the perfectionism and, you know, how we just like have to uh, kind of sell out to get higher to the top. And, you know, other women are our competition and there's only so many spots and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, uh, I think I was reading this book on anti-racism. I think that's what it was. I'm not sure exactly who it was, but it, she was saying like, white women's perfectionism is what like keeps us all this way and I was like oh my god that is so true because we really just like and this is so true in the workplace like nobody wants to talk about it nobody wants to you know speak up because then they're a Karen or a bitch or whatever and uh you know so we just like keep just perpetuating it yeah literally just being perfect and pretending everything's fine and trying to reach the next goal and yeah I think that's so funny to just be like yeah I have some people who treated me not so great and I I'm okay to say that I I don't really love that I didn't love it um and I don't you know I don't wish them you know negative things but I'm not like yes I hope your business soars into the sky because I don't have to and right. I don't have to follow that rule anymore. Right. And I don't have to be a good girl. Um, I I don't have to do that anymore. I get to meet with clients and prospective clients. And if they treat me with dignity and respect and we click and I can support them and I'm fired up about what they're doing, I am going to be on board with them. And if not, I'm not. And I will moonwalk away happily. And I just like don't. I just, I can't imagine going back to a world where I had to just like sit there and Mm-mm. take it. Right. And so yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to be able to work with whoever you want. And yeah, that's a huge benefit for sure. So uh, I did remember one of the things that you had mentioned, um, you had talked about how you started basically finding clients just because you were out there creating and that's yeah. just sort of how your first clients came to you and um and then tying back to this now you're just you're you're your authentic self and that is you're not selling you're just being you and you're attracting the people who want to work with you and that's um that's not to say that you don't need to do any selling at all i mean you have to put yourself out there and you have to yes. like ask They're people for money you know? right but um <laughs> But uh, it's not as hard as you think when you get to just be yourself because, um, you know, you get to be yourself, you get to be candid and people are like, oh, I love this person. And even if I don't have a need for this person, I know someone who could have this person. And because we click, I bet they'll click. And um, and maybe it doesn't always work because your friends aren't always friends with your other friends. But um, right. But there's so much happens from referrals and um and just doing good work for the people that you already work for that yep. it 
it doesn't have to be as complicated as as everybody makes it. Like you don't have to make, you know, you're not, you don't have to be, maybe you want to be present on social media, but you don't have to be like selling all the time on social media right. because you can just be yourself and you will attract people who want to work right. with you. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest insights I think of that is it's so funny because sometimes I would like to kick myself um, because I I do have to credit a little bit ADHD for uh, the lengths I will go to to reach out to somebody in bravery um, because sometimes I get rejected and that part is not as fun I yeah. will say um, especially with the ADHD and the rejection yeah. sensitivity and yeah, yeah because double-edged uh, sword there <laughs> makes you yes. brave but also very vulnerable yes uh and so you know a lot of people uh love my vulnerability but sometimes I uh it slices me open uh and so I think that piece of ADHD that I am grateful for though is that uh you know a lot of people have a perception of me uh that is not necessarily always accurate which is fine they think that I am more confident than I am which it does not hurt me it it only helps me uh because I think that they end up thinking that I'm cool, which is really nice because I am not cool. Uh, I am not cool. And uh, I think it's because I put myself out there and they're like, oh, she just, she must never get rejected. She must only, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because why would she continue to put herself right. out there? And it's, it's delusion. Uh, mm-hmm. It's ADHD. It is my working memory is not working. Um, <laughs> and so sometimes, uh, you know, it reminds me of when I'm on a dance floor at a wedding and people are like, wow, she can really dance. And it's like, no, a lot of you cannot dance. And that is why I look like I can really dance. But if a dancer came to this dance floor, I would be looking like you guys right now. And so it's that perception (laughs) and who else is around. You're just, I, yes, I am better, but, and I can help you. And that's the other thing you don't need to be, uh, you know, you can, you can start from just a position a little bit ahead of someone and still help them. So um, that's another fear. Yeah. That people have about starting a business. They're like, well, I I can't possibly help anybody because I'm new. Well, right. Yeah. But you have experience and right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's definitely the other piece that has like enabled me to kind of keep going. It's like, okay, I'm actually gaining experience and I'm not feeling like I'm just making up this job and declaring that I can do it because that's kind of what this feels like sometimes. Um, But yeah, I think over time, like getting experience and things like that definitely helps or, you know, people see my Instagram and they just think like, oh, wow, she is a like some people will call me an influencer. And I'm like, I am, I am definitely not an influencer. I am sort I've got a of small a child. I can tell you how little influence I have. <laughs> I really have very little to none. Um, But yeah, I uh, I think since, you know, people see me put myself out there, I think that also gives them like, you know, an inkling to like, work with her because she takes risks. And I have seen in my perception of her that it's going well for her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I right. think it's funny because a lot of people, you know, and that's comparison for you. You see other people's Instagrams and you're like, oh my gosh, they have it all. They're doing it all. Um, and then behind it is just like a 32 year old woman dancing in her kitchen and there's literally toys all over her house right. that you can't see. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And tricks are stomped all over the ground. Like right. it's truly a sight. Um, but we have this like comparison feeling and we look at our life and then we look at our phone and we're like, wow. And so I do, I do think that has that perception piece has really kind of given me that uh, leg up. But I think too, it's like people really admire that courage and that like risk-taking moment that you know what I mean and they see me out there and they they go wow she's she's doing it she's showing up every day and I think that's one thing is like oh a lot of people don't they just Mm -hmm. they don't start or they get too scared or they don't think I can help anyone or whatever but the reality is like there is probably a bunch of people behind you 
on this same journey, just because there's like 50,000 people ahead of you does not mean that there's not other people that are going to be on this journey that you cannot be a part of it with. And so, yeah, I think, uh, that competition, that scarcity piece, uh, really kind of starts to melt away a little when you do start to feel that experience, but it is definitely scary until yes. you get oh, to yes, definitely. <laughs> like, is anyone here? Is yeah. anyone hiring? Does anyone mm-hmm. need my help? Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a trip for sure. Well, I think that, um, especially since the first couple of episodes of this have been so short and people might be like, oh, this is like a 12 minute podcast. And now we're like, oh, it's now not, it's three times that long now. (laughs) Um, but thank you so much for being here and being my first guest. Um, and Carly is the one who kind of browbeat me into (laughs) starting the podcast. Not really. Um, she encouraged me and, uh, logically explained why it would be a good thing. And I trust her advice because she's doing things herself. Um, and that is why I work with her because I trust her advice. Um, I love it. Uh, but where can people find you? Yeah, I, right now I'm mostly on Instagram, uh, all day, every day, just joking. Um, yeah. So you can find me, uh, at iCarlykins on Instagram, I will link it in the show notes for you all. Uh, Thank you, Carly. <laughs> Carly takes care of those bits for me. Um, Anytime. So. <laughs> Happy to do it. Oh, yeah. I also do podcast editing and production support if anyone needs anything. Um, but yeah, so I do virtual assistant work, social media uh, work and uh, strategy. I uh, have worked in corporate and I know a lot about hiring and training and teaching, uh, delegating leadership, way too much stuff. So all of that kind of stuff. Um, you can find me on Instagram. You can reach out to me in my DMS. Uh, and I, uh, am currently, I also have services like on fiber listed, but it's probably just easier to reach out on Instagram. I don't have a website right now because I am exhausted, but (laughs) that's pretty much where you can find me. And, uh, you can always reach out uh, and ask any questions about anything. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to hear this when it comes out. I usually never yeah. listen to anything until it's 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 done. Like I, I record and then I'm like, just just send it out. I don't even want to know anymore. Um, but and then I forget about what it is and I listen to it later I and I'm like, it. oh, that was good. <laughs> always we really knew what we were talking about. <laughs> Us. So funny. <laughs> Well, thank you again, and uh, we'll be back uh, in another two weeks with another episode, and uh, please um, subscribe and share and rate, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yes, thank you.